friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to have you uh, share with us again. Uh, it's so good uh, to have you joining us. Uh, this week, uh, we're trying to make sense of conspiracy theories. And today we're asking, does the Bible support any conspiracy theories? Today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, good to be back again, Gary, and I came through the cold to be here today. I just, I'm just waiting for the weather to warm up somewhat. I tell you what, this place here in Adelaide, this time of the year, it's that change of seasons. Last week uh, I was able to open all the doors. Uh, <laughs> it was a lovely northerly uh, wind that was uh, that was blowing. I actually walked in the morning uh, and it was a sitting at about uh, 18 or 20, 20 degrees, I thought, hey, this is this is life, you know, this is what we do actually want. And now we're right back to uh, to winter uh, once again. Well, last week it was a beautiful day. We actually went, took the Aboriginal group up to ha- uh, hand off and uh, we went there to see Maxine, who was Pastor David, uh, uh, Eric Davies' wife, and Pastor Eric passed away uh, some number of years ago now, but he he was responsible, one of the co-founders of the um, Mamarafa College in Perth. A good friend of mine, and we yeah. worked on the doors together, and um, and used to visit the people. It was lovely to catch up with her last week. Lovely yeah. spot, our hand off. And during the week, there's not that many people there. They're actually struggling with the COVID. Uh, some of the businesses up there. So if you want to go up during the week, that's the best time rather than the weekend. Oh yeah, that's yeah. And time. Eric and Maxine, wonderful people. I mean, I, I still remember, mm. I well remember, very fondly remember uh, Pastor Eric Davy. He's uh, mm. he's certainly a man that uh, incredible debt. Dedication and uh, brought blessing upon blessing to so many people. He, the, the work and what he's actually achieved, uh, I think only eternity will actually really show mm. what uh, what he's actually uh, uh, been responsible for. Well, I got up today, Gary. I I uh, stopped on the way here to help Rosemary. Have you ever tried putting together one of those uh, kit sets from IKEA? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, she said, can you pop round and help me put these bunks up, you know, and I said, oh, well, I'll give it an hour. And I arrived there and uh, these, this, uh, there was two long panels of basically bits of wood with uh, all these nuts and bolts and at a tremendous amount. And I thought, oh, I'll get the instructions out. But, you know, on the instructions, they don't actually number the pieces of wood. You've actually got to go through and find each piece. And I gave up about an hour. I put one panel together and I said, look, I'll come back after Bible study, bring a couple of mates and... <laughs> <laughs> They'll do it for us. I know. I've uh, <laughs> I've attempted to do that a couple of times, and I've got to admit, you know, a long and slow, laborious <laughs> process. Uh, so much so that these days I uh, I play I play dumb, and I try to get my kids. I try to convince my kids to put the a Meccano set together. <laughs> uh, terrible, uh, terrible uh, life. Uh, but look, Tuesday's always really busy for you. Mm. You been up to anything else today? No. Well, um, I was getting ready for our Bible study tomorrow and and tonight's program. But yeah, it's, it's lovely. We have our Bible study on Wednesday. This will be the last one. We don't have Bible studies during the holidays because the you know the children are there. So, so yeah, it was just preparing for that for today and uh, and coming in here. So these things keep me busy. 
Yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be retirement, Eric. It is supposed, to be, supposed to be retirement. It's going yeah. faster yeah. than ever. Yeah. Mm. It's also wonderful to have uh, have with us today uh, in the studio, Hank uh, LeDru. Uh, now, Hank is the uh, newly appointed ADRA. Now, that's the Adventist Development Relief Agency uh, director uh, here in South Oz. Now, uh, welcome to you, Hank. Thank you very much, Gary. It is fantastic to have you. We've been trying for so long to actually get you in the studio, but you are such a busy man. Yes, I've only been back a couple of weeks, but I just can't keep keep up at the moment. I can fully believe I can fully just tell me what does an ADRA director now ADRA the Adventist Development Relief Agency what does an ADRA director here in South Australia what do you do all day well, it's a, a job of servants, servitude, Gary. You, <laughs> you're at the back, back and call of those that you need to serve. In South Australia, we have uh, quite a large number of smaller projects, which are churches engaging with community. Um, they have community pantries, they have op shops, they have uh, and a number of other activities. And my task is to uh, keep them motivated, engaged, and enjoying what they do and um, involve, and get engaged with the community. Just go through that with me again. Here in, in South Oz, we've got, uh, there's, uh, ADRA is responsible for, I understand, five op shops. There's five op shops and there are um, a number of uh, community pantries as well. Which just just define for us, <coughs> what is a community pantry? A community pantry is a place where people who are in difficult straits, uh, issues, are having problems getting food. Um, and a pantry enables them to get food at a much cheaper rate, if not for free. Um, fruit and vegetables, particularly, which are good healthy things to take, uh, are there for the for the taking, and uh, it, it engages with the community to, to support those that are doing it tough. Let's come to to yourself uh, first of all. Now, look, you come to Adra with a business background. Right. I mean, you've been uh, you've run your own own business. Originally, I think you're a Sparky. Uh, you've set up your own business. You've employed uh, employed people. How does a businessman end up leading uh, a humanitarian agency? I mean, that seems to be a huge uh, uh, gap. It is a big change in in lifestyle um, and and of life. Um, it is a long journey. Um, I wouldn't have time to go into that today, but it is uh, having a business background. I think has become very useful in this environment because we do have things like op shops, and um, it also is m- about managing people. Yeah. And managing people um, at an employment level is very different to those of volunteers. Um, and so uh, there's a great learning to have in that. But it's, it's a really fascinating space to be. So I guess having many years of experience in in, in employing people, understanding people that's also people's business and um, being successful in business um, you have to be good with people and learn to be good with people and 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 learn um, many hard knocks also but that has given me i believe a very good um, segue into uh, assisting people in in this in this space but why does a person actually make that transition because you know you're working for yourself you've got a certain degree of freedom that you uh, mightn't have uh, when you're uh, working for for a humanitarian uh, agency, why did you actually want to make that transition? Well, that's a, uh, a big question, Gary, um, and that's a question that um, I'm still asking God at times to, to answer for me. Okay, so you think this was, you believe it was a God thing? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, um, a personal story there. Is, um, my line in that space is that I challenged God one day, and over the next few years, I found Jesus. 
and mm. my concept of God was very different to to who I found Jesus to be, and so I have a very new and refreshed concept of who God is. Okay, and that came as a result of service? Uh, it came as a result of many things, um, of changing of attitudes, understanding who, um, changing my life in many ways, in, in, in changing my focus. Um, as I said, I challenged God, and uh, because my, my God then was uh, money mm-hmm. and, and, um, and making a lot of money, and um, that was pretty much who what I was about. Mm. But then when you find and are challenged in other ways, God actually speaks to you in, in significant ways and it changes who you are as a person and uh, if you allow him to do that. So, in other words, what you're suggesting is that people, while they've got a physical needs, they also have spiritual needs. Absolutely. Um, there is a, a very strong correlation between the two. Um, it, if you've got to have, be physically um, in a good position to be able to accept um, challenges in life and also challenges in your spiritual world and life. And sometimes the two of them can be really quite um, confronting. Mm-hmm. How you manage and how, how you work through that can be really um, yeah, life-changing. Hank, I really appreciate the way that uh, you're you're certainly blending together both the physical and the spiritual needs of individuals because, you know, I'm so conscious that it's very easy uh, for us to simply say, hey, look, you know, I mean, uh, you're hungry, here's a pack of wheat picks, away you go sort of thing. But you're saying that uh, our physical needs, while they are vitally important, there's actually a, a spiritual need that requires addressing as well. Absolutely. You know, um, our health is based around what we put into our bodies, mm-hmm. and and that health also affects how we think. And if you're not thinking clearly, maybe it's something else that could be affecting that as well. And those, they're, they're all linked. Uh, we are, you know, God made us in a phenomenal way. And there's three parts that, you know, there's, a, there's the physical, spiritual, and mental. Mm. And they are very inextricably linked together in, in amazing ways. And when you start trying to unpack one, the others can fall apart too. So it really is a very um, tight triangle. Uh, that's powerful. That's really, that's really powerful. But look, let's come back to the, uh, to your ADRA ministry, uh, now. Look, what are you currently sensing to be the most pressing needs of our community? Yeah, that's a really big question, um, Gary, because there are many needs in the community. Uh, but, you know, with the things of COVID has created lots of issues and anxiety is probably one of the largest of those. Mm-hmm. And the separation of um, being connected to other human beings. Um, unfortunately, you know, this we are social beings, mm. and when we cannot get together, it actually impacts us dramatically. Mm. Mm. And what I've seen in the community, um, both here and where I came from in Queensland for the last five years, this disconnection of um, being able to be together is really playing a major role in people's mental health. Mm-hmm. And so um, creating, trying to rebuild community in ways and being very much in in a place for community and supporting community is something that we are trying to focus on here within South Australia, Address South Australia, because um, it is really a significant place that we as human needs have needs and those needs are to be able to communicate and be with people and to 
to to get alongside. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all different. Yeah, we have um, may have different disagreements, but how do we handle those disagreements? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really important too. How do you handle uh, issues that um, are caused not necessarily by your own, but outside exter- external um, issues may trigger. Um, Resentfulness and things like that. So, how do we work alongside that? And and really understanding that space is really quite sometimes complex, but yet a beautiful place to be in if you make an effort to be there for those. That must be a huge challenge trying to uh, work with people who uh, are certainly struggling. You know, I, I think of uh, uh, of individuals that whose whose mental health. You know, I mean, they've got interstate family. You know, it's not easy to contact those people. They're cut off from them is is there anything we can do on that well yeah it's very difficult to do anything in that space at the moment with the way this australia is set up and it's um the way the laws are currently with some state to state and i personally am in that situation as well where we can't mm-hmm. see some loved ones and it hurts and it's hard um and you are always looking for better options to take to actually re-engage with your mm-hmm. family with mm-hmm. your loved ones um, but I guess at the end of the day, if you can make a phone call, if you can do a, 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 a um, Zoom or a, or a um, Facebook connection somehow, um, when, when it's needed, um, that makes a difference. That, can, that mm-hmm. can help. It's not the great answer, but it's the mm-hmm. best answer we have in those situations. Yeah. It's actually just making contact and telling them that yeah. you love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's so key what you're actually saying. Look, just very Briefly, just back to what we were talking about, these community pantries. Mm. Uh, you know, to me, I, I really appreciate the work that I know Adra is doing. Now, look, if someone is aware of someone who, who's struggling, how do they come in contact uh, with a community pantry? Um, there are, um, we'll just contact Adra Australia um, on their website and look for South Australia and then you will find their projects that are registered on the website that then allow you to find if your location where those pantries are. Um, other than that, um, you can always uh, try and uh, contact Adra Australia to, to get the details of, of our pantries. There is no central number here in South Australia mm-hmm. at this stage, um, but always you can send an email um, to um, Adra Australia for help and we can then find that for you yeah yeah now just one last thing you know Hank the thing I really appreciate about Adra is that it is a, an organisation that um, when it receives funds uh, the a very high percentage of those funds actually uh, go to the project Correct. now what is that percentage currently 90% of the money goes back into the project 90% of the money now some people say hey what do you do with the other 10%? Well, there are overheads. When you run an organisation in Australia, there's compliance requirements, there's insurances to be paid. Those are very hefty um, accounts and they need to be covered somehow and that is where that 10% goes to. So it's it's one of the um, most lean... Um, organisations you will find at the scale that it's operating. ADRA is, is a very um, engaging organisation and it wants to help and be part of its community. So, um, you know, we have uh, things like um, the appeal coming up in October. Um, so we're asking the community to, to um, give where we can um, where they can to support ADRA in, yeah. in whatever yeah. capacity they can. And I know that 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 90% that you mentioned, you know, to me, that is that is so powerful because uh, I, I'm conscious of what some of the levels are with quite a number of charities uh, out mm, there. And there's correct. certainly 
nowhere near that 90% actually going to whatever project has actually been been given. Um, now, now, look, Hank, if a person would like to just give to, to support the, the work, the ministry of ADRA, the mm. website? Absolutely. Just go to donate on adra.com.au and that'll get you straight to the um, place where you can go and donate. And uh, by all means, if you want to give donations specifically to South Australia, please nominate an Australian um, South Australian uh, project or area so the funds can come to South Australia. And those projects are all listed on the website? They're all listed on the w- website, yep. So if you nominate a South Australia, it comes to South Australia. Otherwise, it goes into the general pool and it'll go to Australia-wide. But So if you're looking for South Australia, um, head to the website nominate South Australia yeah. or a project near you that you that you love to engage or be with and even if you want to volunteer as well we're mm-hmm. open always looking for volunteers people who can engage with our community people who have a passion to serve uh, is what we're looking for um, and you know if you do so please um Drop a line on the, onto the website and uh, we'll get your details and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we possibly can to get you engaged. Yeah, no, that's fantastic because I'm so conscious that often it's the personnel resources which are often more harder to come by sometimes than actually the physical funds themselves. Mm, very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hank, thank you so much for coming and joining with us this afternoon. Really appreciate all that you did did actually share there. Uh, I love to be able to get you in on a, on a regular basis. I know you've got an incredibly busy program. But it'd be fantastic to actually have you in the studio here on a regular basis. Hank, uh, thank you so much, and may the Lord richly bless your ministry. Thanks very much. Really appreciate the, uh, uh, the, the ministry of, uh, of Hank, uh, Hank LeDrew, uh, working here with, uh, with ADRA in, uh, in South Oz, uh, does an absolutely marvelous, uh, job. And, and look, guys, if you can, uh, help ADRA in their ministry at all, please go to the ADRA Australia website and, uh, you can, uh, you can offer your own uh, personal services or you can donate. We'd love, uh, to have, uh, have your input, uh, uh, folks, look, let's come to some, uh, some music. Uh, this is, uh, Ed Kerr, uh, trust me to keep you.
Trust me to keep you. Beautiful song, lovely uh, rendition, uh, and thank you for those uh, those thoughts. Uh, look, guys, we've got a a giveaway book. Our giveaway book uh, for you today. Uh, this is a, a book entitled Signs of Hope. Uh, love this uh, this particular book. Now, Signs of Hope in a world in which a life is no longer sacred, hunger and poverty are rampant, and natural disasters are worse than ever before. People are finding themselves hoping again hope that things are going to get better. Turn on the news and you're going to be bombarded with uh, stories of vicious crimes, cruel wars and terrible disasters. From all appearances, our world seems to be hurtling towards a catastrophic finale. But who's to blame for it all? Why is this chaos there? There's actually a, a very rational explanation for some of the most horrific events that take place every single day. What is that explanation? Now, this uh, this book is actually going to dig into that particular subject. The book's entitled again, "Signs of Hope," and uh, you'll love this uh, this little book. Now, look, if you'd like your own copy of the book "Signs of Hope," um, just text us here at our studio text number. Uh, our number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That number again is o four. Triple eight, eight oh eight, eleven, and just text us just the short of uh, four letters SA for South Australia SA uh, seventeen, and uh, you will uh, be contacted by our great friend 
the robot. Uh, it's wonderful to have Mr. Robot uh, actually uh, be involved with uh, with this program. He's a he's a friendly robot, and uh, he will contact you and ask you for your nece- for the necessary details so we can get this uh, book to you in the fastest uh, possible uh, possible manner. Uh, so that book again is the book Signs of Hope. Uh, all you need to do is to text us here at the studio oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven and just simply text to us S A seventeen and uh, uh, our uh, our bot uh, will uh, our super friendly bot. Uh, will will contact contact you. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, uh, with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Horan. Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. This week we're looking at the ever increasing number of conspiracy theories, and today we're asking: Does the Bible support any conspiracy theories? It was an article that was uh, posted uh, just before Christmas 2020. It was on the ABC Religion and Ethics website. It asked this question. When it comes to conspiracy theories, is Christianity part of the problem or part of the solution? Well, this uh, this was uh, certainly a question that really intrigued uh, me. Uh, the article just uh, uh, made a, made a few very interesting points. The first thing it said was this: Why are so many Christians to be found in the ranks of today's conspiracy theorists? And uh, uh, then it went on to share the relationship between church attendance and conspiratorial thinking, for example, isn't, isn't being addressed in this particular article. But instead, I want to offer, said the author, an honest self-examination of Christian belief. The Christian, the author says, believes there is more to reality than meets the eye. The Apostle Paul wrote to the early church community, we live by faith not by sight. And Jesus taught his disciples, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, these are, these are statements that uh, the author brings to our attention and he says, hey, look, you know, uh, this, uh, this really uh, does open up opportunity for conspiracy theories. In the conclusion uh, of, the, uh, of the article, uh, the author uh, say, says this, Christian belief also gently affirms certain conspiratorial impulses. Christianity assumes that there exists a deeper reality behind what the eye can see. Christian belief suggests that there is indeed a divine conspiracy behind our observable cosmos. Uh, there is a grand divine story unfolding beyond our world. But this story, this mystery, is not entirely to be discerned now. It is rather an object of future-oriented, advent-like hope, a mystery only to be unveiled in totality when the pages of history close as our trustworthy God descends and wipes away every tear, making all things new. Now, 
this particular article is actually is actually suggesting that um, Christianity does actually recognise a conspiracy that is happening behind the scenes. When I read this article, and this wasn't written by my particular church; it's written by secular people. I sort of I stood uh, I stood quite amazed. Actually, I didn't realise that so many had actually picked up this this reality. But look, Eric, just open this up for us. I mean, does does this guy have it have it right? Yes, uh, interesting when you read the Bible and, and uh, look deep into it, uh, talking about uh, conspiracies and uh, the great controversy that the Bible deals with right through, right actually from Genesis right through to Revelation. There's a battle going on between in the spiritual world that we don't see. And it's interesting that I actually looked up the dictionary to define what is actually a conspiracy theory. And it says there it's a theory that explains an event or a set of circumstances as a result of a secret plot, usually by one powerful person or a number of powerful conspirators. You know, it's interesting to me, um, Pastor Gary, that when I researched how many people believe that there's actually a devil in the world. How do they see uh, the evilness that's in the world? Mm. Uh, because when you've got truth mixed with error, when you've got good and bad, how do you you know work your way through all that? And we yeah. can be pulled one way or the other. And it's interesting that uh, in America, for instance, uh, 69% of U.S. adults believe that Satan is not a real Identity, not a real spirit. There, um, they actually believe that only uh, that he is only a symbol of evil. Okay, so, so. Um, that's uh, uh, that, that's significant because it does mean, however, that thirty uh, percent of people uh, are actually believe that. Satan as a being does does exist. Now, look, this this does actually um, lay the groundwork for you know. Conspiratorial type type thinking, and yet it could be certainly right. I mean, this is certainly something that the the Bible. I mean, how does the Bible present this? Mm. It's interesting too, Pastor, because it went on to say that uh, in some churches, only seventeen percent of the people believe that Satan was a, a real identity. That it's just a feeling in you. That's even in not churches. In, in churches. So not only in the world, but actually in churches as well. So wow. so we've got to understand that, you know, we need to, to realize who is behind a lot of stuff, uh, especially in the Bible when we talk about, like, for instance, when we look at um, the devil, um, when we look at Satan, Ezekiel 28, 12, 15, where, does, where did he actually come from? It says, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and beauty, perfect and beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed garden, guardian cherub or an angel i placed you you were on the holy mountain of god in the midst of the stone of fire you walked you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you so here we find here that he started off as a, a perfect angel again wow. actually wow. placed in the garden of yeah. Eden. and th- this is actually really significant because uh, one of the things that is certainly foundational to uh, all that's actually in the scriptures is that there is this battle between good and evil, and that Satan is actually a real being. Mm. 
Mm, that's right. And yet today in the world, as we move towards the end of time, just before Jesus comes back, we see a tremendous move in a way and, and, and people that believe that there is a God, but also people who do not recognize that there is also a devil. A devil. You know, it's interesting um, how, you know, the devil came to earth. It says, now, now war arose in heaven and Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So he was thrown down here and he leads the world astray. That Now, that is a powerful passage. Now, of course, uh, that actually comes from uh, Revelation chapter chapter 12 and it's verse 7 and, and onwards there, that, that passage that you just quoted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you think about it, it's really quite a remarkable statement that John, John makes here. You know, war broke out in heaven. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Eric, but, I mean, when you think of heaven, um, do you connect heaven with War? Mm. Well, uh, something happened here. I mean, where did the evil come from? Yeah. Uh, it's something yeah. that, that's, that's quite, it actually is brought up in Ezekiel, I think gives us the answer to what happened to him. Mm. Ezekiel 28, 17 says, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the, the earth. I made a spectacle of you. Uh, before King, so here we see that he became proud. It was his pride, but not because uh, because of his beauty, but it corrupted his wisdom. Mm. You know, he became the I person instead of being uh, allegiance to God. Uh, this evil originated in his heart mysteriously. The fault was not with God, for God created him perfect. Yeah. You know, he was absolutely uh, spot on. In other words, sin cannot be explained, but its roots can be trans- traced right back to the pride that filled his heart. In other words, Satan himself uh, has, uh, th- there is, if you like, an original sin. And the original sin is not so much, you know, Adam and Eve taking this you know, apple off the, uh, off the tree in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. but rather the original sin is actually a Satan, uh, according to the scriptures, rebelling mm-hmm. against God himself uh, and presenting a, you know, I will be like the most high. In fact, I think that this is one of the passages that, you know, it comes up, uh, repetitiously when we're talking about this particular subject. You know, Satan actually declares, I am going to be like the most high. Now, mm-hmm. that of course is, uh, something that, I mean, we're very familiar about with that in, on our earth here because, you know, that's a, that's a thing, you know, called, called pride and you know we're f- we're faced with it every single day but of course in heaven uh, it's something that was uh, anathema uh, to the beings in heaven. Mm, that's right. And, you know, you, normally when there's a conflict between um, good and evil, you usually get a good guy and you get an evil an evil person, you know, yeah. that predicted the movies. But here in this situation, we find that when Satan was thrown to the earth, he manipulated the world into the thinking that they couldn't actually see him, that the sin was in their hearts. Like, for instance, it talks in John twelve thirty one. it says, now judgment is upon this world now the ruler of this world will be cast out and it says that he used lying deception he told lies the it says in second thessalonians 2 9 and 10 the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan with all power signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception 
amongst those who perish because they did not receive the love of truth that they might be saved. So here it's talking about deception, about bringing in a, a conspiracy, if you like, a, the great cosmic uh, battle that took place. He is now infiltrating, spreading through the earth, you know, and he's, he's coming into the churches also and he's bringing in and mixing up what Jesus' message was and he's twisting it. So in other words, behind the scenes, there, according to the Bible, there is actually uh, a truthful conspiracy theory. Now, this is one of the things that a lot of us, uh, you know, a lot of people have actually pointed out. You know, I mean, not every conspiracy theory is actually entirely 100% in error. Mm. There is some conspiracy theories that actually have uh, are, are grounded in some form of truth. Now, in this particular case, uh, we've actually got the scriptures declaring that uh, not just does a, uh, a being called Satan exist, but that there is a conspiracy or a war happening behind the scenes. Mm. Something is happening behind the scenes that we're at, that isn't uh, as clear as, uh, uh, as, as day and night, but it is revealed to us. In the word of God. That's right. And, you know, God gives us that free will to, to make the decision which way, which road we will follow. You know, Paul struggled with this. Paul, and uh, in, in, like, you can talk about Romans 7, uh, 14 onwards. He says, um, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, he's saying here. Mm. This, this is a battle ranging within him. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. So he he knows what's good, mm. and yet he's finding that he's going the other way. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but as the sin living in me. So he's saying here that he's now being controlled by uh, by the sinful way. This is a real, um, you know, when you put the Bible down, to actually record this, I think a lot of people would really identify this. They know what is right to do, but because the devil's coming around down here and he's like a roaring lion, and, you know, sometimes you can hear what the scriptures say, but you can take it a different way unless you line it right up. What does what Jesus really intend by this mm. passage? And I, I myself have gone astray with understanding what Jesus Jesus is telling us because the devil doesn't want us to go in that direction. And, and sometimes you actually hear people say, oh, look, you know, Satan made me do it. Uh, mm, and, yes. uh, you know, it, it's a little phrase there, but, you know, could it be that there is actually, I mean, to me personally, from what the scriptures say, I, I, I have no problem in actually believing that there is a Satan, mm. that there is a battle that's actually taking place. There is a good versus bad um, um, warfare that is actually occurring and that these battles are being forced by spiritual forces, by Satan and by uh, by God himself. And it's occurring on this particular uh, earth. Now, of course, many would actually say, hey, that's a, that's a grand conspiracy theory. And yet, as I, as I look at what is actually revealed in Scripture, I say, hey, look, you know, uh, there is certainly so much evidence in Scripture for so much else that is claimed in Scripture. Uh, this is something that uh, that surely 
I can also believe and trust. That's right. And and I, I believe too, Gary, that um, as time is short now, it says he goes around like a roaring lion. He knows his time is short. But he also says in Revelation uh, 2.13, he, uh, sorry, Revelation 12.17, it says, the dragon, which is a devil, was enraged with the woman, which is God's people, the church. The church, yeah. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So I believe that the devil is really active trying to bring down um, God's people not to keep the commandments. They're trying Mm. to take them away from the things that make us safe. Our belief system is based on the Bible, God's word, and he is trying to destroy that. And just got you got to remember that the way we started, it's not just Satan, it's all his angels, evil spirits abound. Yeah. And that's what's, yeah. what he's trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, th- th- this is something that uh, is, is so repetitiously uh, revealed in the Word of God, and yet uh, many do actually overlook this. And, of course, what we're tra- trying to say here today is that, hey, uh, this uh, conspiracy theory, if you if you like, is actually revealed within the Word of God. Mm, that's right. And and he, he puts it in this way. I, I really like Ephesians 6.12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers... Uh, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly place. So we're actually wrestling uh, against cosmic powers here, yeah, which is very, very yeah. strong, you know? Yeah. You know, um, I I really appreciated this, uh, this ABC article where it uh, concluded, um, Christianity assumes that there does exist a deeper reality behind what we can see. Christian belief suggests uh, that there is indeed a divine conspiracy behind our observable cosmos. There is a grand divine story unfolding beyond our world. When I read that, I sort of thought, hey, uh, these guys have actually understand certainly what the scriptures are actually saying. And uh, that, of course, has huge implications uh, for for us today, but look, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is uh, B.J. Thomas. Uh, he's got it all in control. I love uh, what uh, what this song does actually share. got it all in control He's got it all in control He's put that reassurance way down in my soul He's got it all in control I've put my life in his hands I've put my life in his hands So every road I walk down I'm sure is in his plan Cause I've put my life in his hands He holds a star He holds the land back from the sea And if he can do 
of you and me He's got it all in control He's got it all in control He's put that reassurance Way down in my soul He's got it all in control How true is that? BJ Pont Thomas, uh, he's got it all uh, in control. Hey, if ever we're living in a world now that needs to hear that particular song, uh, it's right now. He's got it all in control. That was BJ uh, Thomas. Uh, look, uh, guys, our, uh, our giveaway book uh, for today is the book Signs of Hope. You'll love uh, this uh, this particular book. Uh, this is uh, talking uh, to a world in which life is no longer sacred, where hunger and poverty are rampant, where natural disasters are worse than ever before. People find themselves hoping against hope that things are going to get better. Uh, this book is entitled Signs of Hope. Now look, if you'd like your own, very own copy of Signs of Hope, uh, please just text us uh, here at uh, at our studio, on our studio text phone. Uh, our number is 04888 808 11. That number again is 04 888 808 11. And just text us the, uh, the code SA for South Australia, uh, 17. And, uh, you can, uh, uh, you'll be contacted by our friendly bot, our robot. And, uh, he'll uh, ask you for the details that uh, we need so we can deliver this to you in the fastest possible, uh, means. Uh, now also, look, if you've got any comments or questions at any time, uh, look, feel free also to use, uh, that, um, that drive time, uh, um, text number 04888 uh, Text us any thoughts or questions and we'd be happy, uh, to, to respond, uh, to them. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're looking at the ever-increasing number of conspiracy theories. Today we're asking, does the Bible support any conspiracy theories. I really appreciate what you've been saying, Eric, because I'm, I'm conscious, though, that some of our listeners may find it a little bit radical that there are some things in the Bible that uh, certainly some might classify as a conspiracy theory, and yet uh, they are presented um, as very true. Mm, that's right. Um, and this uh, battle between good and evil, um, you know, when you talk about conspiracy theories, you know, there's an underlying 
um, uh, spiritual realm through the world today that has actually succeeded to a long way into confusing people about God. I mean, so often they say, you know, that um, this is an act of God when something bad happens, but God yeah. never brought bad into the world. Yeah. We read that through what happened to Lucifer and where, where that actually came from. But it also says in the Bible, James 4, 7 to 8 gives me a lot of heart. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, you know, we're in two minds. What is actually right here? He gives us the pure way to go. And, you know, like uh, Ephesians six eleven onwards talks about putting on the armor of God so that we're protected. And you know what I found, Gary? I found that when the Bible talks about um, somebody growing in Christ, it talks about the fruits and um, that you, you know, you can tell a tree, a good tree does not produce bad fruit. And uh, as you rightly have pointed out, that um, uh, like I've got fruit trees at home, and uh, uh, I love it when the blossoms come out, and then uh, uh, you know you might get a bit of fruit, but as it grows up and it matures, you get uh, a lot more fruit. I've got a lemon tree at home that always produces fruit, uh, has lemons all year round, huge lemons, and I just have to give them away. But I, I know that tree is a good tree. You know, has that wonderful fruit on it. And so when somebody is presenting in the world today, um, things and, and you hear all sorts of things today. Because what things. you're saying here, Eric, really, is that we actually have in our world today, I mean, we get, uh, okay, the Bible does actually present a conspiracy that is occurring behind the scenes. Mm. But if we come to the world that we're living in today, yeah. there are all manner of conspiracies that are actually being floated around, certainly to religious people, to non-religious people, you know, particularly if you happen to go on to, to Facebook, social media. Mm. Hey, you don't have to search very hard, do you, to actually no. find some uh, conspiracy theories. Mm. And uh, the, w- what you're saying there to me I think is actually so important because we're talking here about how do you deal with so much that is actually out there, you know, I mean, um, uh, you know, this is a really challenging issue. And what I hear you saying is that uh, sometimes you have to simply wait and not take everything at face value, but rather to uh, let, I suppose, the fruit actually develop in uh, in in somebody's life or uh, in the fruit of the particular conspiracy that is being pushed. Mm. And and what the person is presenting to you, I've made the mistake in the past of jumping on believing something straight away, not knowing what the background was, yeah. and I've made the mistake in doing that. Yeah. And uh, it was completely different to what I thought. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you've got to you've got to weigh into it. Like we read the Bible and study it and put all the text together. Also, with all the things that are happening today, we've got to pray about it and we've got to look and see what's happening and how it's developing and what the background is from where that is coming from to try and work our way through it. To, to what extent do you think it's important that we uh, uplift? Uh, Jesus Christ that, you know, we ask the question, for example, as to how does uh, what we are presenting, what does it say about Jesus Christ? You know, when I read about uh, uh, the fact that there is a battle going on in the, in uh, in this world, and I read about that in the scriptures, to me, I, 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 I see a saviour who's actually come to be part of that battle and to win an incredible victory 
on behalf of humanity. And, you know, I see Jesus Christ. But do you think it's important that I always ask, you know, um, uh, where is Jesus in this particular theory? Mm, definitely. Uh, you know, the thing is there's one true God. There's only one God. And the thing is if we uh, are aligned to him, I think often what happens, and, and you and I, as we study with other people, see this, that people are struggling to know what is right and what is wrong. But when they learn to trust him, because th- what we're talking about here, this conspiracy, is actually God's character. That's what's been challenged. That's what um, Satan is trying to rip down, because he wants to be higher than God. So he's trying uh, to, uh, in the world... Bring Christ down below the level of where Satan is. And what he's trying to do in that way is that we don't actually trust in God to to lead the way in our life. We don't have that lamp on that narrow path that we talked about last week. Mm. And so the thing is, if we've got that lamp and we're, we're staying close to Christ, there's all sorts of things raging around us. But as long as we're with him, doesn't matter what happens around us, all these uh, theories and whatever. As long as we're on that path, then you know we're we're going the right way. It's yeah. when we take our eyes off that path and start to move outwards, then these other things take us down. Yeah, yeah. I think I think to me, what is actually so important here, and I think you correctly pointed out there, Eric, is that uh, there are many conspiracy theories out there that you know don't uplift Jesus. Mm. Who um, totally ignore Jesus? You know, I mean, I think of uh, you know there are certainly a, a certain um, segment of society that would say, "Hey, you know that because of various conspiracies, we're going to become the ultimate preppers." You know, we're going to set ourselves up uh, in some remote location with uh, uh, lots of armament and uh, and weapons, uh, and we're going to be able to defend ourselves against the ravenous hordes. And to me, as I look at this, I sort of say, is this a, a reasonable conspiracy theory or, or, or not? And I sort of say, well, what what is it actually saying about Jesus? And, of course, it's not saying anything about Jesus at all. It's not something that's actually revealed in the scriptures. And to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, that's a conspiracy theory I really need to leave alone. I need to forget that conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy theory that I don't believe uh, the scriptures would actually have me take on. Uh, because uh, can, can I... I I, I don't know how you find it, Eric, but to me, I've actually said to, to a number of people, I've said, look, um, please go as far as the word of God, mm. but don't go any further. Mm. In other words, what the word of God is actually revealing, they're the things that I can, <clears throat> that I can trust. They're the things that I can rely on. They're the things that I can, I can uphold. Uh, but you know, I think it's, it's an incredible challenge. Mm. When I turn around and I say, hey, look, you know, uh, I'm going to trust things that don't come from the word of God because there are so many conspiracy theories out there today, um, that are, um, may have an element of truth in them. Well, uh, what will happen in this world, Gary, is there, there won't be any peace until Jesus comes. We'll have all these things happening all around us yeah. all the time. If we go back to the Garden of Eden before Satan got all the pride and fell, we had perfect peace. No no conspiracy theories. Yeah. That's the way it'll be when Jesus comes. Yeah. It'll be pure peace. Yeah. We will not be in this tomb all no more. Yeah. yeah. What a what a wonderful, wonderful thought uh, that that actually is. Eric, look, I'm just wondering, how would you like to pray uh for us just as we come to the uh, conclusion of our of our program? Sure.
Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this evening to thank you for the wonderful God that you are. Thank you for the peace that you bring. Thank you for the truth, the joy in our lives, the blessings that we all receive day by day. And Lord, we're living in a a world of turmoil. There's so much things happening, the threats of war. Uh, We have conspiracies all around us. We have the virus with us. We have all sorts of things happening. Freedom's been taken away. All sorts of things happening. People not saying goodbye to their loved ones. And through all this, Lord, we need just to concentrate on you. We need to continue to read the word of God. We need to have you lead us through all this and keep our eyes on you. And as we do that, Lord, all these things around us will just disappear, all these worries, because we know that you are coming soon. So bless all the listeners today, Lord, and just be with them. Help them through the days in which we live. And thank you. Thank you for Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, it uh, it does look like that our time is uh, is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q and A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be sharing with Pastor David Butcher. We'll be asking, uh, how do I identify a conspiracy theory? Really look forward uh, to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give." isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.